Hello, and welcome to Life of Weirdos, The Journey Home. Uh, I am your Dungeon Master, Darby, and joining me as always is Zoe, playing Sylvia. Emily, playing Beatrice. Laura, playing Conway. Mitch, playing Exton. And Johanna, playing Paul. Let's jump into it. So, where we last left off the party after having raced dinosaurs, uh, who were in fact a, a pair of their number polymorphed into dinosaurs, um, and winning and coming in second or third in the race, I think second, uh, uh, went uh, went into the greater city of Shan and were recruited by a member of the Undying Court to become, uh, to look into an issue in the Mornlands of Eberron. The party agreed to, uh, to assist, um, in some capacity at least, and were given until the morning to prepare. They went to rest at a uh, at an inn that promised uh, bespoke experiences, uh, and we were probably getting late into the night. Now, Sevia, I believe there was something you wanted to deal with. Um. So yeah. So. I believe Sevier and Fall are sharing a room, right? Mm -hmm. So she's kind of, uh, you know, she's put all her stuff down and she's probably like very excited by her little bespoke half of the room that's full of like books and, and many comfortable little things and probably a couple little candles that never go out until you like magical switch. Um, but then there's going to be a point where she gets really uncomfortable and she seems kind of antsy. And almost when it falls in the room, almost when they're not noticing, she's gonna leave the room. She's gonna dip. And she's gonna find Conrad's room. And she's gonna go, Conrad. Um, so there's a little bit of like noise. Um, and then Conrad kind of like uh cautiously pops the door open um and pokes his head out. He's clearly wearing like I don't know, like a dressing gown or something like that. And like his like hair is like very wet, plastered to his face. Um he's very pink. Um because he's clearly just had a bath, of course. <laughs> um and he kind of like looks like a bit like um Surprised because before it's like uh, eyes focus on Sevia. He's like, uh, yes, Sevia, what is it? Do you have a minute or two? Yes, what did you, was I required for something? No, I want to have a conversation. Oh, a conversation. Yes. Um, yes, that is permitted. Uh, certainly. Yes. Um, and he was like, well, so he then like opens the door um, for Sevia. And Conrad's room is just like, it's very, like super, super fancy. Um, he has like all of his kit very neatly laid out, um, like on like probably like a table. Um, 
and there's like some like all of his like little daggers and things like that um with like he's obviously been like uh making sure they're all sharp uh grinding them down i suppose um there's a bunch of books everywhere but it just looks very opulent i suppose um and um huge four poster bed um but yeah he kind of like looks a bit more a bit more tense than he normally might be but he kind of like uh puts he kind of like lets her in and then closes the door and kind of puts his hands on his hips and then just looks at her it's like well well um she's like tapping her little fingers together well, so, um, oh, I, I don't know how to put this without sounding, um, brash. Yes. But, uh, as far as I'm aware, I think you're the only other person in this group who might understand what I'm feeling right at this particular moment. Oh, um, about what in particular? Uh, and she just kind of looks at her hands. About my magic. About your magic, but you are quite well versed in magic. He kind of like um, shifts his hands from sitting on his hips to kind of like settling the posture back more so like he's not leaning forward as much and then kind of just crosses his arms and then tilts his head to one side. And he's sort of like... There's probably like a little cat, like a sofa there, a couch, and he just like kind of leans back against that um, and looks up. No, looks down at her. <laughs> He's tall. slightly taller than her. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, tilts his head to one side. He's like, what concern have you of your magic that you would talk to me about it? 42 has magic. Fall has magic. Why would yes. you speak to me of it? Well, do you remember that discussion we had with Esmeralda and then us in the forest, like, with Exley? Yes. And how Esmeralda called you a warlock. Yes, a strange word. Yes, well, I don't... And you were saying it feels as if there's something in your head that is not yours and it provides you with powers. Yes, it's, um, it is interesting since leaving Barovia, it is quieter, but louder at the same time. Well, that's it, because... There is something in my head now. He kind of like straightens up a bit and like, like the, something glitters in his eyes. He's taking more interest now. Um, he just shuffles his posture slightly and then just inclines his head at her. But I don't, I don't know what it is. It is, I feel more magical than I have ever felt, but there is a source that I do not know. It feels strange and weird. I did not touch any coffins. I did not handle anything that could have done this. I don't know what is causing this. I... Hmm. That is curious. Thinking about it logically, when has that started? When have you noticed this? 
Or has it always been there? Since last night. Last after, night? When I woke up this morning, technically, after we... Well, there's... Strad did not get to you during the combat. It was a no. fast affair, so... A bit of a blur, so I... I was not aware of what everyone was doing at them. No, no, he didn't get near me. There was, I mean, there, this, this, she's very flustered and frustrated and like her hands are just kind of clenching and unclenching. Mm. And she goes, nothing has felt the same since this. And she like, holds her palm out and I assume that it wasn't a moto divinity that she got, but no. like that moat of restoration, charm oh, of restoration charm. Yes. that she got. Oh, I assume okay. because it's not a physical charm, it's it's a magical one. She can mm. just kind of make it appear as if in her hand, like just a little glowing orb. Yeah maybe and it would probably look very just because it's all restorations so mm. it would probably just look very just calm and soothing just a little glowing orb in her hand like floating above her hand kind of shedding light um conrad looks very curious at this i'm presuming dobby he doesn't like the stuff in him doesn't react in any way no no um so instead he just looks very interested like fascinating and you don't quite know where it is or where it came from it i mean there there are logical conclusions to be drawn but i don't want to believe them you don't want to believe you're like me. No, that I... That someone listened when I called out. That's what happened to me. And I got something in return for them from the, because of they, them listening. But I did... She, like snaps her hand closed and it disappears and she goes but you did it on purpose i whatever this is whatever happened i called out to some god hmm. and got something in return and did not ask for it i asked for protection not for this and there's a moment of frustration where like her hands kind of glow Mm. And it would, I'm saying it would be like the beginning stages of Sacred Flame. Oh, okay. Like she's not casting it, but it's like as if her hands are glowing with Sacred Flame, so it would be radiant energy. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, then I'll say you see like momentarily then Conrad will look down, note that, and then without warning he will reach out and grab her wrist. And then, and then, like with this, like not completely like dragging her, but like kind of gesture her to look up so he can look at her hand. Um, would it have the residuals of that magic? 
Like, it would still be the, the beginning of Sacred Flame, I presume. I mean, <laughs> I would say so. I'll imagine so. <laughs> There's magic yeah. there. <laughs> Um, it's a can trip. So yeah. It's not aiming to hit anything. So it's just like useless. I feel like it's almost like as if she's holding an action. It's just mm. there. It's just sizzling. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then Connor will look at it and be like, hmm. Curious. You have had power all your life, and now you have been given more and do not know where it came from or what to do with it. I'd say if you wanted protection, power is the best way to achieve it. So perhaps whoever you spoke to did answer. And I am probably the best person to speak of it. As I can say from my experience, I have seen how others behave when you have something they don't understand. Have you considered seeing if you have a curse in your head, locked away, like you did with me? He's still not. holding her wrist. Mm. I have not. Perhaps that would be the best place to start. If you are so concerned, you may be somewhat like me. Other than that... And he lets go of her wrist. The most important thing to do is that it's... I mean, we do not approach things the same way, but we have similar ways. The best way to analyse a new development is to test it out. And to assess and take note and see how it can be utilised. That is how I have been doing things. I had dreams of spiders, and as you saw, I could turn Exley in shape of large lizard. So, well, and with my control, could walk up walls from a dream into reality, practice with myself, and then apply to others. That's how it works, isn't it? That is how you've done in the past. Your papa. So perhaps this is the best way to analyze it now. The two of you hear a light rapping on the door. Um, okay. Conrad, um, like, uh, kind of puts his hands on the hoots for a moment, then looks over and then he'll, um, that he will move over and open the door and uh, have a look. And there is a, a male figure there dressed uh, elegantly. Condrade uh. <laughs> <laughs> immediately goes bright red um, from his ears deep down into his dressing gown. Um, and then he kind of like closes the door really quickly and turns around and looks at Sylvia. He's like, ah. Did that discussion cover what you wish to ask? Or give you an idea at least? Yes, 100%. I'll go. Good. 
Good. Ah, uh, that, um, yes, I have other appointments, so, um, mm. that would be, uh, good of you to, uh, yes. well, yes, you should, yes. uh, practice and see what you can do after that. Of course. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, good. Well, um... Have a good evening, and she like pats him on the shoulder and walks out. Uh, <laughs> and as she walks past this man, she's just like, "Good evening," <laughs> and then just walks evening, back man. to her room. Walks back to her room with fall. The door opening, but it's too dim. There we go. And fade to black. Delightful. <laughs> okay. So, was there anything else that folks wanted to do before bed? Conrad is obviously otherwise occupied. Um. Exley <laughs> <laughs> uh. does have something that he wanted to do, if that was possible. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, on hearing that... (laughs) For audio listeners, uh, during this laughter, Laura dropped her camera on on the Zoom call, and it was initially Conrad number one. It is now Conrad, in square brackets, busy. Anyway, Exley. Have fun, everyone else. So, um, actually, on hearing that these rooms are able to be sort of um, manipulated to um, the occupant's desires, in a way, um, he has asked for uh, his room to be changed into almost similar to like a workshop. So something where there is a there's a table, there's an armor rack, there's um, you know some tools if they were available, um, and he has asked for two assistants okay. to be sent up to Exley's room. Yeah, and that that is that is handily provided. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, as the two get there, uh, Exley will say. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Which of the two of you are more proficient with your hands? <laughs> um, we, we are both quite skilled with our hands. Very well. You, and he points to the one on the right. Hmm? Are you able to get some... Shopping done tonight with the right pay. I will see what I can do. I am after several gems, and he's going to give a list of gems, which I'll send to you if you'd like. Yep. Um, and as that fellow strides away, um, the other one will get to work on a little project. Okay. Alright. And I take it you're keeping that secret for now? Um, well, we, we, it'll be... Yeah, I can say. 
So okay. essentially they um, actually with the help of uh, his new friend who is named uh, Calafel. Calafel. Excellent. Um, actually we'll use the full name. Um, the two of them get to work essentially delicately removing Exley's faceplate to carefully inscribe that rune and etch that rune that he's seen on other Warforged uh, head into his own faceplate. And then he will put it back on, not adding any sort of magical enchantments to it. Okay. Just so that it looked the same. All right. Replace his plate and uh, thank his assistant, Kelethel, and hang himself up on the armor rack. All right. For the night. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul, Beatrice, anything either of you wanted to deal with? Um. Yeah, yeah. I guess like um, when Cedar is like out of the room, has ducked out. I guess Fall after a little bit would notice and just be like, shrug, like, oh, probably gone to the bathroom or something. Um, and then yeah, Fall is like really excited about the room. He's basically got like really like luxurious like plush blankets and like embroidery everywhere and like champagne and stuff and he's just gonna kind of like look around the room and wonder and then probably like um I don't know like do a little like front flip onto the bed just really having fun um but then after a moment he's just gonna kind of plop down on the bed and just all that, like the, like the childish like joy, just kind of like fades away, and he's just gonna lie there for a moment, just thinking, and then like with purpose, he's gonna go into his pack and take out a lyre which he'd gotten from Strad's like loot, uh, and yes. then just yeah, and then just start practicing, just start focusing on it with extreme intent like he's messing around with like notes and such and he's also very much trying to focus on some kind of magical property in that but it's not like playful music practice mm. or anything it's there is very much like intent and determination yes. and full is going to continue to like work yes. on that for some time longer all right so, that's what Full's Now, doing. are you so this is this is the the loot that you found? Yeah, um, I'm attuning to it. You are you are attuning to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is there is a nasty shock for playing it while not attuned to it. Ooh, so, yes, absolutely. Yeah, but mm. if it's the it process, yeah. if it's the process of attuning to it, you're fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, okay. And Beatrice, was there anything that you wanted to deal with? So all that Beatrice does is go up to her room and when she opens it, what you see is what looks like a sort of simple log cabin. Um, 
very simple sort of double bed and not a lot of other things sort of strewn around. Um, she wanders through. This place looks relatively familiar to her as it is a copy of what her bedroom was back home before everything had happened. Um, and she's just sort of going to go around and touch things and then sit down on the bed, drop all her things on the floor, lie back and then just wrap herself in the blankets and that's where she's going to stay for the rest of the night, not doing anything. Okay. So all of you in your time find rest come to you. Sevia, during the night, uh, you fall into a dream and you find yourself in a field. And there's no discernible landmarks, but the, the air feels as if it is thrumming with magic. You catch a glint of gold coming towards you from the sky. And as it gets closer, you, you see this figure of a golden owl with sapphire blue eyes. The owl swoops overhead, and as you turn to look, it has disappeared. When you turn your head back to look where it had come from, you see in front of you this small black cat. And then you wake up. <gasps> Exley. You don't typically dream. But tonight, you feel as you drift into your uh, shutdown state as a warforged, as a sentient construct, um, your vision is filled with these spirits. These, you almost guess them to be souls trapped within the mists of Ravenloft, the mists of the, the demi-planes of dread. These souls are spinning around and it is strangely familiar to you. You don't remember being here at all. You've, you've seen the mists. You sort of passed... No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have passed through at all um, because you came, came to be in Barovia and yeah. Um, so you, you've seen the mists from afar. You recognize these to be the mists of Ravenloft, but... You don't know how you have such a vivid recollection of within. And these spirits surround you. Um, most of them human, some of them elven. There's a singular red-horned tiefling with guard wings and missing an eye. And then you wake up. Conrad. 
You find yourself alone in a strange, dark stone room. You take in your surroundings for a bit before realizing that this isn't just any stone room. This is the Amber Temple. And you see these dark, shadowy figures looming over you as if they're all paying attention to what you're going to do. They're all about 15 to 20 feet tall, shadowy. You see they've all got these strange, dark, twisted, warped features. And they speak mostly in unison. You have left the mists. But you do not leave our sight. Spread our dominion. Reward. And you find yourself engulfed in these shadow and you wake up. <sighs> Paul and Beatrice, you rest without incident. Additionally, Conrad and Exley, the two of you, through your histories in the your history in the case of Exley, and your patronage in the case of Conrad, are very intertwined with death and the magic of death. The two of you wake up and you feel like you, you're fully rested, but you feel a slight twinge. And Mechanically, you have both until the end of the death curse or your, uh, or maybe your departure from Eberron, uh, have lost one hit point from your hit point maximums. Just for my own note, you said till the end of the death curse? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Um, I, do, I don't think I've mentioned it by name, but you are aware of the Death Curse, the de at least in reputation. The Death Curse is the, uh, the problem that the, the, uh, the elf that spoke to you was referring to. Wonderful. Excellent. If you listen to our main campaign, you'll know this is not the first time specifically Mitch and I have mm. been in this situation. <laughs> I didn't deliberately uh, choose the two incredible. of you. It's just that you two are intertwined with it death. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, oh, nice. For, for reference, like very tasty. For reference, Prime's maximum hit points 
also reduced by one. Uh, I was going to oh, ask no. that. Yep. We have to fix this now. We, we do. Need to save Prime. Uh, and yeah, all all those all those uh, items were procured for you, actually. Thank you. Yes. All right. So it is the morning. What would people like to do? Stare awkwardly at each other, apparently. Exley <laughs> um, <laughs> will probably activate early um, and make his way downstairs and uh, with his uh, silent companion, which is, I believe, dressed head to toe in uh, full armor. Um, and we will just sort of wait on a, not really a table, but like a corner uh, far away from the door, but so that we can see who's coming and going. Okay. Beatrice would also probably be up early and wander down, um, if not at the same time as Exley or just shortly after, and we'll have joined him. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Beatrice. Yes? We have not spoken very much. This is true. I believe that means you may be the best person, as you would be impartial. Yes? If someone were to ask you for a moment of your time, what would that mean to you? Beatrice sort of cocks her head and thinks for a moment. Generally, when people ask me for a moment of my time, it means that they want something. Uh, whether it's uh, them giving me a job. And when I say job, I mean uh, an assassination that I need to do. Or they've got a game going and they're wanting an extra player. You do not get concerned. Not overly. Somebody asks for a moment, means they want something. Everybody wants something, even if they don't say it. Very well, thank you. And we wait. We wait. <laughs> For all of the sleepyheads. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Sevia would have sat like bolt upright at the end of this dream and just 
I don't know if she would have gasped loud enough to wake up fall, <laughs> but she definitely was just, <gasps> and then has just been sitting with her head in her hands. Fall is probably sleeping quite badly because they're not used to sleeping in a good bed. Um, yeah, so I guess they'll notice after a bit and they'll be like, uh, uh, hey, Sylvia, what's up? Um, many, 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 things. Huh. A nightmare, was it, or? No. A. Something new and something very, very familiar. I, um... Have you ever heard of the goddess Arcani? Yes, yes I have. <laughs> I know a bit about different deities. Good. Good, good, good. My, um... My family were never worshippers. We... prayed to her occasionally for, you know, access to information, if we lost our keys, those sorts of things. Um. But she, she has many symbols, many of them animals, many of them magic, and golden owls and black cats. I remember those. That's why we had a black cat. So is it? I'm guessing this isn't just reminiscing. Have you been seeing these symbols? In my dream, last night, it was, it was, it's as if something clicks in her head. She looks up, she looks at her hands. I think Akani has reached out to me. I'd, um, I wasn't very sure how to bring it up. I didn't know it was Arcani specifically, but something about you just recently reminded me of some of the clerics that I'd interacted with at the monastery. A cleric? Like, or, or maybe a paladin or something. I could be wrong, but they, I'm... I know the kind of magic and the kind of connection with like the holier magics and such and and yesterday I thought I saw some of that in you. When she like swings her legs around, she's like leaning forward on the bed like, where was there a, a moment, an aura, a, a, an exact? It was... When you became so, so invested in the mission from that, that man from before, the feeling that came over you, I think something about it was holy in some sort. I could recognize that. Oh. Oh. 
This was not the desired outcome at all. Oh. Cleric! <laughs> Cleric! Are you, um, are you okay? I didn't think this would be something that you'd exactly be leaping into and wanting to do. This really has come as quite a surprise. I think I need a cup of tea. I think I need many cups of tea in order to deal with this. Oh, yes. <sighs> yes, yes, I think so. Um, I think there's room service, but I don't actually know how to do that. <laughs> we, uh, no, uh, neither do I all that much, really. We should, we should go to the others. Um, we have to set off. Anyway, soon up. Yes. Yes. Tea. Tea, 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 tea. Yes, um. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, we can talk about this however much you want. It's quite odd. Quite sudden. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> she just kind of nods gives her, like a pat on the shoulder he scrooches <laughs> she just kind of nods like puts her hand over his pats his hand and then gets dressed and goes downstairs alright uh, yeah Conrad oh and I will note um Conrad probably wakes up in a similar uh, style to how Sevia woke up, I guess. Um, so sitting bolt upright in bed um, with a gasp. Um, and he, like, um, I imagine this is a concentration spell. However, I imagine momentarily he's accidentally cast this while these spirits have communed with him, I suppose. So he wakes up kind of with a gasp. And then as he takes in his surroundings, um, there's sort of a... It doesn't say the size of it, but a creature in his room. Um, Maybe it's like... And so it's on... It's like bipedal. Um, Oh, yes. All four legs. Yes. Um, So it's kind of uh, perched on the table that he has all of his things on. Um, And it's a shadowy kind of creature, like a spirit. It's sort of like a... um, this sort of like misshapen biped um it's uh seems to emanate um some shape and feeling of fear um and um and conrad is again like very startled um and i am kind of uh reaches for like he's got like a dagger on his bedside table of course he grabs that um and kind of like springs up and like points it at it. It's like, what are you? Are you are you an envoy? Uh, I, I will do these things that you ask of me. I'm much interested in bargain. 
you, 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 you cannot, I cannot understand you. Please vacate this area at once. This is inappropriate and um, rather disconcerting to uh, enter one's uh, dreams, as as it were. Um, I am much interested in the bargain you strike, but... Uh... <sighs> Oh, <laughs> um, he kind of like bundles up a little, his little blanket, and then just like, um, again, kind of like tries to like shoot, shoot, get away, uh, away now. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he kind of just like, and then we'll just spend some time kind of skirting around this abomination, <laughs> standing on his little table. Um, yeah. Uh, roll Until me, imagine. yeah, yeah. Ooh, roll yeah. me, roll me a. Let's call it an intelligence check. Okay. Uh, so just my base int. Um, so seventeen. Seventeen. After a few uh, moments of this, you realize there's a feeling in the back of your head that is akin to, like, a fierce concentration on something. Huh. And Connor kind of, like, um, because this thing would not be deterred by him, um, because it's friendly, um, he kind of, like, stops and straightens and kind of, like, tries to focus on that, um, and then closes his eyes and tries very hard to stop thinking subconsciously about whatever the thing he is thinking of is. And the shadow disappears. And he opens his eyes. You are alone in Ah. your room. I see. And then Connor just kind of like um, collects himself, takes a few deep breaths and then looks up at the ceiling and is like, Thank you. I will do you proud. And then closes his eyes, opens them again, and he's going to sit around getting dressed and getting ready to go out to rejoin the others. Okay. He is wearing a very high collar. All right. When he rejoins you all. So, yes. So you're all, you're all back together in the uh, kind of common area of this tavern, this inn. Um, and it's not long before you see uh, Sathrail arrive with uh, two figures. Um, one of them is a uh, human man with a uh, with long hair um, and a, a Van Dyke-like uh, facial hair. Um, The other is almost like a dragonborn, but not quite. Um, It's... You imagine it's like what would occur if a dragonborn were descended from some of the dinosaurs that you saw uh, rather than from dragons. But these are not beings that you are familiar with. Uh, 
Ziathriel approaches and says, I trust you slept well? Perfectly peacefully. Yes, absolutely. And you are prepared for your journey? Yes. These Probably. are... These are to be your guides. Artis Simba, pointing to the man, and Dragonbait, pointing to the uh, dinosaur-like figure. They too are from distant plains. Ah, similar travelers then. Pleased to make your acquaintance. I am Conrad. Pleased to meet you. My compatriots. Um, an artist offers out a hand uh, to shake. Uh, Conrad takes it and will shake yes. his hand. Pleasure to meet you. And he offers the hand to each of you one by one. Um, artist Simba and Dragonbait. Yes. Uh, Dragonbait. Interesting. Dragonbait is Dragonbait. notably silent. Though you do. Yeah. Hmm. So, so you can get a uh, a scent coming off of him. Okay. Interesting. Oh, I'm kind of will greet them as normal. Um, and then kind of like stand back with his hands on his hips and look at the others. As um, as you do, you smell the slightest hint of lemon. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, everyone. Uh, so, uh, Arta Simba and Dragon Bait are to be our companions for this trip. Wonderful. It's a pleasure to meet you both. It's a pleasure to meet you. And you are both not from here. No. No. Where from, pray tell? I am from uh, Toral. Uh, my companion here uh, is from worlds elsewhere, but he did spend some time in the Dalelands in Toral as well. That is where ah. we met. Curious, I see. And um, uh, why exactly are you uh, working on this mission, if that's all right to ask? I was hoping for some assistance uh, in finding my wife. She has disappeared from Toro long time ago. Well, not just her, the entire city, but <laughs> oh. such as yeah. things are. I see. She must be important to you, then. Well, of course. She is my wife. <laughs> kind of like, just raises an eyebrow and, like, just looks, looks away as if, like, that means nothing. <laughs> Beatrice, Beatrice gives Conrad the dirtiest side-eye you've ever seen a bird give 
someone. And so he probably makes that expression at Beatrice, like, ah, oh, yeah, look at this chomp. And then Beatrice is just like, you fucking, you don't you fucking dare. Crow's like, <laughs> just like, you all see like dragon bait cock his head and you smell um the scent of brimstone oh uh i will say uh sevia leaned over to fall uh when he was like oh a whole city but mostly wife and she goes he really buried the lead on that one yes a little she is trying to be quiet not have him hear her <laughs> I will note <laughs> if I need to roll for that it makes sense but it was very misleading <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is going to on hearing that from Artis is going to turn to Dragon Beat was it yes Dragon okay. Beat um, <clears throat> and we'll say and do you have stock in this mission as well? Um, hmm. uh, Dragon Bait. Uh, there is. Uh, Dragon almost seems to go through the motions of speaking, though you do not hear anything. Um, but there is the slight scent of wood smoke. Perhaps we should wait and try to source some guides who may not be conflicted. Why do you believe them to be conflicted? They have a stake in this task being completed if they are our guides. They have a stake in aiding you. Will they be given help just for helping us? Yes. Is this a test so that they're helped? It is not a test. It is... They have been hired to do a job, and that job is to help you in what you have been asked to do for us in return for your own reward. I see. And... Once again, if we choose to back out at any point, none of you will stop us. Of course not. No. Insight. Yeah, yeah. How do the other two react to that? Uh, yeah, roll insight. I got a nat 20, so it's 25. <laughs> okay. I'm on a 23. Hundred to sixteen. He's just fifteen. Sorry, twenty-two. I cannot draw. Okay, artist, you get the feeling is still trying to get a gauge on all of you. Um, Sathriel seems to be completely above board. Uh, And Dragonbait, hard to read. Okay. Right, well, that's very kind if it's true. Hmm. Well, if we had to work together, um, artists, what are your capabilities? I 
I'm sad about the wife too. He he, he gives he, he glares at you momentarily before saying, uh, "I am versed in survival and wilderness training, as well as have good experience with uh, combat. I am mm-hmm. well equipped with a uh, with a longbow and oh, a bow, excellent, and a handy dagger, and um." I've been through the plane, a few of the planes, so I've, I've had good experience with the strange and the dark. Excellent. May I ask how you got here in the first place? We got here by a trick. We are seeking to return home at some point. I... I got a uh, one-way... Uh, plane shift here. Ah, intentional then? Initially intentional, and then the uh, the mage that brought me here was shot down by a roving war band. Ah, which made things quite difficult. Yes, well, that would rather put a dampener on things, I suppose. Uh... Yes. The purported wealth of uh, our friend here might uh, assist with that, I understand. Similar reason as we are looking to assist. All right. And your friend, what what skills does he... What skills he, they... Uh, What skills does your friend have? He is a dedicated follower of Tyr. Okay. And as such, can draw upon that power to uh, better deal with undead. Magic. And he kind of like nods and looks looks slyly over at Savia for a moment. And, is, and then turns back to them and is like, excellent, fantastic. We look forward to working with you then. Uh, may I ask, has uh, have horses or some form of transport been organised? Uh, it will be uh, difficult to traverse with horses in the Mornlands themselves. Um, so they have not been arranged for, unfortunately. But uh. we have arranged for tickets on the, uh, on the electric rail for you that will get you as close as possible to the Mornlands. Electric rail. The thing we saw. Uh, yes. Moving carriage? Yes. Curious. I would much like to see that. Excellent. Good. Sounds sufficient. I am... Um, as prepared as I can be in this situation, so I have no qualms with starting whenever. And then, satisfied, Conray crosses his arms and steps back. Okay. Smugly. Yeah. So, yes, as it is, there is there is a station uh, right by the th- the edge of the Mornlands where the right where one of the lightning rail uh, 
lines terminates. Convenient. Ah. Do you have any more that you wish to prepare, or are you ready? Much like Conrad, I'm as prepared as I can be. Let's go. All right. So you make your way to this. Uh, you are led by Sayathriel to this. Uh, I mean, you as players would recognize it as a train station. Um, and uh, have we all got our Mikey cards? <laughs> Are we all ready? <laughs> Remember, tap Fantasy on at the start of the journey. Use Mikey cards. That's like very <laughs> jumps over the barrier. Very specific <laughs> Melbourne joke. Oh, actually, yeah. This train, next train, train is stopping cards. at the Frankston line from platform <laughs> three. Uh, please remember to touch on your Mikey at the start of your journey. And all of us are just like, ah! Uh, what the f- Where's the voice coming from? It's true, we've gone to fantasy Melbourne. <laughs> Actually, Excellent. just because I don't know if it's been specified, is mm-hmm. electricity, like, new to us? Um, yeah, I probably would. Because I know, like, the, yeah, yeah, I don't think we have the, electricity at all. So the concept of electricity is not new. There is there is lightning. Harness- yeah, that is <laughs> Harnessing, yeah, harness. harnessing electricity, yeah. um, is still done by some, but usually through momentary spells. Mm. A sustained use of electricity is not something that you have yeah. come across before. Nice. So yeah, probably one hearing like the electric rail. Yeah. <laughs> Full was like, what the fuck? That sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comparatively, Conro would be Quite fascinated nervous. by the time we get there. Yeah. I will also note Conro probably would have bought some like food from the like establishment we stayed in before we left as yep. well to take his travel food. Okay. Okay. So but, um yeah, so you see the rails um are two uh two sets of stone. Um with lightning arcing between them Uh, and you see this uh massive uh wooden cart propelled along the the rails and come to a halt um in front of where you are standing my word curious that's incredible How magic? Is it magic? It is magic, yes. Beatrice looks at it and is like, hmm, lightning and wood. Hmm. Yes, very safe. It yeah, is, is that going to electrocute us? It, Looks like a death trap. No, it is, it is, uh, it is not harmful. It is, uh, well, how it works exactly is a secret kept by House Orion, but nonetheless, it is perfectly safe. I would much desire to know. Perhaps if we come back here, I'd like to find out. Um, Sounds very powerful. Unfortunately, 
much like most of the houses, they do keep it very close to their chest. Of course, tis always good to have a bargaining chip for most noble house. Most nobility can always be bought in one way or another. Fascinating. Thank you for showing us this. Of course. I will be I will be very interested to see how it travels. Shall we get going? So we just get in it. Yes. Right. Nothing else is required? Uh, no. No arcane words, no verbal, no, no. somatic? No, there is a um, there is a there is a conductor who uh, operates the vehicle. Conrad will kind of like step forward and have a look at the um the carriage and then kind of while people are talking, he'll kind of be like putting his like the heel of his boot down to like kind of test the suspension of it and whatnot. Mm-hmm before hopping on. Uh, one, one of House Orion uh, operates the vessel. My word. That is... It, her eyes kind of just light up and she's like, fascinating. I would love to find out, I would so love to find out how this works. Maybe work out how to make the electricity quieter. Full kind of like modest to savior as well. Like, oh, I know like half the clerics back in the monastery, they hated when people were like information being kept by the wealthy and stuff. Like, it should be free to everyone. <laughs> Maybe you can like steal it. Beatrice gets in and you can see she's a little bit puffed up. She's somewhat uncomfortable. Uh. <laughs> um, Sevia, I'm so sorry, Beatrice. Sevia does not know this this because she has a little smile on her face and she goes, "When you when you worship Arcani, the only thing worth punishing you for is keeping information from others. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yeah. we should steal it. No, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Kiddeth is kind of wrong. Like, it can be like tactical to keep information from others. So Kiddeth is kind of like, yeah, you can if you want, but like personally, like a couple of them, like the monks and stuff, are like, no, it should be free for everyone. Fascinating. Mm. Well, Exley, is this fascinating to you as well? It is certainly interesting. Is there something on your face, Exley? Do you need help cleaning it off? CB is very small and he is very tall. She can't, from this angle, tell if the rune is a marking on purpose or not. And she's like, did you run into something? What is that? I made a small adjustment and he'll look down uh, so that CB can see the rune. Oh. I noticed that all others that were similar to me bore this mark. So I believed in order to fit in, I would do the same. I guess the disguise sounds useful. A disguise. Oh. Oh, actually. 
Seaweed just looks a little sad at that. Just kind of gently pats him on the arm and climbs into the carriage. Excellent, we'll follow. Paul also like kind of comes to a realization it's like, ooh, uh, that's uncomfy. And then we'll eventually um, hop on as well, seeing everyone else safely on. And brace himself against the Artists and dragon bait will climb aboard. Are there many other people around in this carriage? One or two, but not that many. Like, yeah, like there's there's a couple of others. They they seem um, more like standard commuters, almost as if they're they're just trying to get somewhere for work or something this hour of the morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, And do we know roughly how long this trip will take? Uh, You've been told that it will you should get there by about nightfall decent trip oh, then I will note down note when Conroe sits down he takes up as much space as possible on his seat <laughs> of course <laughs> like you know <laughs> his legs quite like yes Beatrice squishes herself in as close to like in between Saviour and Fall as she can possibly get oh <laughs> I'm assuming as we start oh Emily you're so muted I know I wasn't actually saying anything Ah. Um, I'm assuming as we start trundling along and Sevia is immediately like so many noises Uh, oh Darby's making train noises that's nice uh and then she is going to look at Beatrice and be like, are you... Silly question. Are you okay? I don't like it. <laughs> the, the train, the electricity, the... All of it. Uh, is this your general mistrust of things or is this something you would like to discuss uh, in an open and and safe way with Fall and I? Beatrice (laughs) looks around the carriage and then looks back at Celia and just sort of like does a little shake uh, which does nothing to settle her feathers and just sits back doesn't say anything else uh, um, that's, that's fair. I guess it's not exactly private here. If you would like, I'm sure Fall and I could talk nonsense and distract you for the many hours we're going to be on this train. If you wish. Is there any particular brand of nonsense you would like? Beatrice doesn't say anything. Sevia uh, looks at Fall. <laughs> Fall goes back to what he was doing before, which was just like staring out the window with like his hands pressed, and is like, um, I guess I can like, um, hey Beatrice, there's like really cool trees out there. Um, 
oh, that, that's a nice, that's like a really nice building. It's like really tall. I wonder how they made that. Oh, look, I think it's, <laughs> there's a horse. <laughs> look, Beatrice, there's horses. Okay. Um, is this acceptable? I don't really know what to talk about. No, no. Yes, Beatrice, look, there's horses. And CB goes back to what she was doing, which was, uh, alternately looking out the window and being like, holy fucking shit, and uh, like darting her eyes around the whole room to to see what's going on and if she can work out how this thing works. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, roll, roll me an arcana check, I guess. Ooh. Eek. Oh wait, my arcana is really good now. That's a dirty twenty. Yeah, you're you're not sure, other than the fact that, like, from what you can hear underneath you, like the lightning seems to be uh, moving the cart along, but how it works, you have no idea. I got a twenty-five perception. How many horses do I see? Uh, over the course of the, the day's travel, uh, somewhere in the vicinity of, like, 50, 60. Oh, damn, that's a good haul. <laughs> uh, Conrad and Exley, how are you occupying yourself on the trip? Um, well, Exley and Prime were just sort of standing off to the side, um, just being those dudes that just stand on a train. Um, probably Exley would have started like going into his weird powered down state um, but on hearing the conversation happening over with uh, Fall and Sevia um, Exley would probably look over at Beatrice and see how well that's going down and if not well which I'm assuming uh, he will attempt to intervene Beatrice has pulled her hood up and down and she's just blocking out the world okay are there like backwards facing seats Uh, is it like a booth or something or other I can show you a map ooh Perfect. Okay. So, if um, Fallen Xavier are kind of sandwiching Beatrice, um, <laughs> Axley would just kind of come up, um, <clears throat> wander over, and sit down, uh, probably on one of the the sides next to probably Xavier and he will motion for Prime to come, and if there's room, sit down next to Fall. Um, so the the five of us are all squished into one booth. <laughs> um, and do you mind if I join you all? Not at all. Go for it. Excellent. I had some questions I wish to ask Beatrice 
you just see the like the hood just moves a little bit. <laughs> you can't see Beatrice's face. Okay. But she has sort of moved as though she she's acknowledging your presence. Oh, would you like us to move? She you may stay if you wish, but we will be talking about matters that may not be of interest to you. Uh, to be fair, I feel like that's what Fall and I have been doing for several minutes at this point, so uh, the least we could do is listen back. <laughs> Very well. Beatrice, you were speaking before about your earlier profession. I have been considering this, and I have some follow-up questions. And what might they be? If one were interested in entering your profession, how would one do so? <laughs> well, you'd probably have to find a guild. I do have contacts to several different guilds. Is there a particular thought process on finalizing a contract? Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. I'm going to go and look in the window on the other side of the train now. I will also go to the other side of the train now. Thank you. Uh, right. <laughs> Leaves probably crimes <laughs> over people on the back of the seat to get out of there. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. <laughs> Actually, essentially, for however long the conversation goes, uh, we'll ask Beatrice uh, a bunch of questions regarding, you know, the thought process on how one would uh, choose to kill certain people. There might be like, actually we'll point to someone at the back of the bus and say, how would you kill him? Or how would you kill me? How would you kill Conrad? Not knowing much about our two new friends that we've just acquired, what would you do? What's your thought process there? Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> might insert his own uh, mm. little bits of information as well on how he might do something. Beatrice would would in fairly short answers would answer most of his questions including how she might kill members of the party excellent but yeah we talk for probably a while <laughs> about that alright uh, Conrad what do you do with your trip oh, <laughs> I guess um, Connor has been yeah it takes up as much space as possible um, how smooth is the ride Darby it is pretty smooth yeah pretty smooth cool yeah. excellent so he's, he's pretty chill um, he yeah takes up as much space as possible um, he like uh, takes some notes in his diary 
he probably, because this is a long trip, like after a while, looks a bit uncomfortable and like just does a lot of like just walking up and down the train and kind of like stretching a bit um, uncomfortably. But then he'll just go and find some place and like just sprawl in one of the one of the little rooms, um, very gingerly. Um, and then he'll be kind of like uh, taking more notes in his diary and. Um, probably like doing some little sketches i think as well but yes um yeah all right he's chilling all right so yeah um as as the the train as the day comes to an end the train you find uh fairly early in the morning the the morning commuters very quickly departed um and you get the impression um that there there were stops towards the end of the trip but because of where and when this particular train terminates uh you get the impression that not many people are taking this line at this particular point in time um but as the sun begins to set, you find yourselves uh, coming to a halt. You, in your own time, depart the carriage to see before you um, the ruins of a train station. Um, the the line ahead of the train devastated and beyond just beyond that a strange grey mist and that's where we're going to leave it for this episode See you all next week. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye.